Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. And we welcome Greg Anderson aboard. Greg, 138 games for uh, for Port Adelaide in two stints, 103 for Essendon, 59 for Adelaide. So cracking the magical 300-game uh, barrier, 12 state games, two-time SNFL Premiership player in 95-96, of course the McGarry medal in 86, twice All-Australian in 87 and 93, Foss Williams medal in 93, South Australian Football Hall of Fame inducted in 2019, Australian Sports Medal 2000, Coach South Adelaide. He's been around the traps in the coaching world as well. Welcome aboard, Ando. Welcome, yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we were just chatting uh, earlier and um, we were talking about your, your games at Port Adelaide, how the Wikipedia hadn't uh, updated uh, so the extra games. Yeah. So Malcolm has quickly <laughs> adjusted that one there and we did have a slight technical issue, but uh, thanks for bearing with us um, and thanks for joining us, mate. Um, we'd like to start with you, you, if we've got time, after all of those uh, stats that Malcolm has uh, has read out there. Um, we'd like to start with your juniors. You know, was footy always your, your number one uh, sport? Yeah, most definitely. I had two older brothers that uh, were just really passionate about footy. And, you know, my dad, uh, he played, uh, well, we played a couple of games for, for Rosewood in the, in the Div 1, and he was he was part of the 1957 Premiership, Bay 1 Premiership team with them. So I think, uh, yeah, footy was a big part of our family. And we were, you know, growing up at Cheltenham, we were really you know, full-on Port LA supporters, like probably on the crazy side of it. Yeah, Ando, though, you did play in a Woodville Mini League Premiership side with Timmy G. And he did mention that, I think. Yeah, so should you have been a Woodville player, though, technically? No, we got uh, we got selected in Mini League through your school. So okay. at that stage, yeah, I was at uh, St. Michael's uh, Beverly, which was in the Woodville area. So, yeah, we got to play Mini League uh, um, yeah, for Woodville, which, which was great. But I also played, um, when I was at Mount Carmel at Rosewater, I was in grade three. And we didn't, we, just to fill the numbers, they needed a couple of the young ones. And I got asked to play uh, uh, in a mini league game against Central Districts at Albert and Oval, um, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. And I, I still remember, you know, lining up with the, with the players running out after half time and, and seeing Russ Leavitt and Greg Phillips and Peter Woyd and uh, Carl Fragamini and uh, Kimmy Kinnear. It was a, just a huge thrill for me. 
Jeez, playing mini league in grade three, you've almost qualified as a life member of bloody mini league by the end of <laughs> grade seven, Ando. Oh, no, yeah. Mr. King's name was. I don't even know why I thought of his name then, but he came up and said, but we just need some, some more numbers. Uh, and I asked my mum and dad, and they said, yep, you can play, and uh, out I go. And I kicked a couple of goals too. So that was, uh, so that was uh, something pretty special. So your junior career, oh, you know, so primary school and then, of course, St. Michael's, leading to the bit of your league debut for Port, Ad- for Port Adelaide when you were still at school then, Ando. Go through that experience, mate. And I admit I have got a bit of information from your brother-in-law, from uh, Danny, on that one. So go for it, mate. Well, it was just interesting. I mean, I've done a, um, I got invited to a pre-season and, and uh, the end of 82 um, for the 83 season. And, um, yeah, it was really tough pre-season. I always remember that. And uh, I played a practice match and, and uh, lucky enough, I you know, got a few kicks and I kicked a few goals. And, and they thought, oh, you know, so I played another practice match and I came on, on after half time and uh, played okay again, uh, which was which was great. And, then the following week, I played, yeah, I played the next two weeks of the start of the season in the reserves. And round three, uh, they, uh, um, I got my first league game against uh, Sturt um, at Footy Park. And, uh, you know, it's quite interesting crowds back in those days because there's about 21,000 people there. So yeah. uh, it, was a, it was a big game and, and a big win. We were down by three or four at half time and we ended up winning by three or four. So Now go through the uh, experience of going back to Alberton and what happened back at Alberton and uh, your thought thoughts after that, Ando, that at 16 you thought, bloody hell, this could be a good good, uh, good fun each, each good week. Good gig, yep. Go through that experience, well, it, mate. It was, it was obviously absolutely fantastic to, you know, to win the game and, and to sing the club song and have all these kids running at the Oval and, you know, asking for your autograph, and you know, it was a really big thrill. And then um, I remember I had to, my dad dropped me off at the Albert Noble, um, and uh, the, the president of the club at the time was he was going to drive me home because I, I don't think I had my license. Um, so, first of all, I couldn't get in. Uh, the bouncer, because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have a badge or anything to say I was a member, um, I wasn't expecting to play to leave for at the start of the year. Um, and so, actually, Brian Cunningham. Uh, he actually sort of helped me convince a bouncer that this young actually played league football. Yep. So, um, so you know, in I go, and um, the place was packed. All right, because I'd never really been before. Because I I played juniors at Port, but I never went back to after a league game. And um, and either the two reserve games, I I didn't go back to the club because I had homework. I was still my year twelve. Um, so I remember sort of going back. I just couldn't believe the people. Um, and I'll never forget sitting sitting next to Craig Bradley, and he goes, "Oh, you know we have donations here." I said, no, "What do you mean?" He goes, "When as people come up to up the top of the stairs, there's a see that sort of guy over there at the desk, and he's taking little donations from people, saying, you know, a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there, and 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 then they uh, are doing the awards after the, you know the winning game." I said, "That's good." He goes, "But you might be all right, so you're probably going to get forty or fifty dollars." And I thought, "You're kidding me, forty or fifty bucks? Yeah, this is this is huge, you know." <laughs> And so, and so they started calling up players in three. So, um, I was sort of hadn't been called at that stage. And Craig said, "Look, it's good that you're not called up yet. You want to be the last couple, yep. uh, because that's that's sort of where the big bucks are, you know." And then so, right at the last, so basically, I knew obviously I'm in the last three. And they said, 
uh, third best player, Craig Bradley, and uh, second best player, myself, and best player was Bomber Clifford. So up the three of us go. And uh, so Craig, I think Craig ended up with, you know, 40 bucks or something, which was still was big money. Um, so anyway, they started calling mine out and they had, uh, you know, calling out, you know, the families, the surnames of the families, and they donated this and they donated that, the boys at the bar donated that, the boys on the hill donated that and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, and they sort of said second best player goes to myself uh, and it was, to, it was about $1,100. Yeah. So I was uh, I was pretty popular at school the next day. When I got to school, <laughs> I got to a couple of red backs with me and uh, shared a few uh, kitchen of buns and honey sticks and uh, salad sandwiches. And it was uh, it was it was quite amazing how you know you get up in the morning, all, all of a sudden you're on the front page of the paper, you know, kicking the footy and you know you know port you know port beating stirred, you know big crowd and and they use my photo of me kicking the ball, and I'm on the front page of the advertiser. It was you know it was. You know, I had to pinch myself, you know, so, uh, and to play for my dream, um, you know, Port Adelaide and play, you know, alongside of Russell Ebert, and yeah. Timmy Deere and Timmy Evans and, you know, Craig Bradley, Tony Giles, Andy Paul Pleasure, Brian Cunningham, you know, I was, I was in heaven. Yeah. Now, mate, uh, we do a little bit of research uh, and uh, we came up with uh, the athletics. Was there a little bit of athletics through your schooling there that might yeah, have piqued your interest? Really- I was, yeah, I was really big into athletics. I absolutely loved it. It was, it was probably one of those decisions that, you know, uh, I, I sort of had to make, really. I mean, I, I was very passionate with the, with the hurdles and, and uh, really enjoyed playing football. And, um, yeah, it was interesting because I, I had a national carnival in Melbourne and I, we, you know, I was running under 18, so I was only 16, but um, I'd sort of done all my events, which is a Thursday and a Friday. So... I was going to stay over, and that's when Port actually rang me and said, look, we'd like you to come back and play in a practice match. Um, and so it was a big difference, you know, being on the staying line by yourself and, you know, running your race and, and all that. So all of a sudden, you know, the siren going, you know, after playing yeah. a half a footy in the league side, and all these kids are wanting your autograph. I'm going, oh, this is unreal, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think, you know, my first love was always football, and um, but I, I certainly uh, really enjoyed uh, doing athletics and, yeah, that was it was good fun, big part of my life. I think you were always considered though to be a bit of a chance. Like I know that Phil Phil Carmen's the one which athletics consider sort of got away. That it was there's always been the opinion around the traps that he wouldn't have only been an Olympian that he would have medalled in the in as a, de, a decathlon event. So wow. yeah, yeah. He held school records at Pembroke for over thirty years. Um, Carmen, wow, he was yeah, incredible. Man, he was a, he had a great height, he had great strength, and I can actually, you know, sort of picture him being a multi-eventer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can see that, and easy had plenty of aggression, and you need that over two really tough days of competition. So yeah, I, I sort of probably would agree with that. Yeah. So then go through Ando with the controversy, and it's a big call that uh, because back then uh, college college football was sort of the mecca, and yeah that you had to play college footy. So you left uh, St. Michael's and went to Woodville, uh, Woodville High, to continue playing league league footy. So go through that as a you know a decision in year 12. So it's a big call as well, Ando. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a big call. I mean, I've been at St. Michael's since grade four. That was, a, that was when it actually, the school had actually started in those days. And, um, yeah, got through my year 12. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd already played first 18 and third year and fourth year. 
and we had a tremendous year in fourth year. I think we only lost one game, and that was the last game of the year uh, to PAC by a couple of points. Um, and so the following year, I'm you know doing that pre-season with Port, and I thought, geez, I'm, I'm a chance to play some league footy. All of a sudden, I'm playing league footy, and the, and the, the headmaster called me in and said, look, you know, if you don't play school football, you, you're going to have to make a choice, which I found was really because I certainly wanted to graduate at St. Michael's College. I had all my, you know, most, 80% of my class I've been at school with since grade four and more, you know, and so it was a, a really big call. But I just felt that I don't think I could have played another year of first 18. I, I, that would have been my third year. And, you know, everything's about development. And uh, yeah. and that's why I always felt the school got that wrong. You know, yep. I really believe that because of the fact that, you know, you get promoted as you, as your, you know, your classes as the years go on. Um, and uh, I can't stay at the same level for three years when, you know, I was playing well enough to certainly think, well, I'm pretty much ready to step out of first 18, you know, and, and, and play at the next level. And certainly was, you know, when I was playing reserve football, I, I thought, well, that's OK, I'll, I'll play first 18. But once I started being a regular player with the, the A-grade side, I thought, no, well, you know, this is this is the level I've, I've I've dreamt of that's it's, it's you know it's my it's this is my dream of you know unfortunately I was never going to be a doctor or a surgeon and I'm sure there's some students who were dreaming that but for me um, yeah they you know they certainly for some reason put sport in front of you know schooling and and um, uh, on this instance that's for sure yeah, yeah. interesting that uh, yeah that, that that still happened and still does happen to a certain degree in in some yeah respects, I think it's not a little as, bit better now not not as much as it was yeah, yeah that's for sure mate uh, obviously 1983 you cemented yourself uh, in the Port Adelaide side 84 um, uh, had what type of year did you have and take your time talking about <laughs> the grand final too and well, I was you, leading you could talk for a couple of hours about the grand final I was leading I, into that slowly yeah, yeah. I think I mean 84 I obviously you know sort of I really felt um, that I sort of warranted my position and, and uh, that I worked hard again pre-season that uh, um, and that uh, you know I, I wanted to play on the wing and, and I felt like I, I you know sort of scratched my, my name in the, the uh, you know the coach's board that um, that was a position I really was hoping I could play week in week out and you know I was lucky enough to play my first state game that year as well as uh, I think it was on my 18th birthday um, so it was a really uh, you know, as much as my first year was just so tremendous and it was a really big thrill and, you know, um, and I was learning, um, you know, to really try to just, you know, hold on to position, I felt sometimes. Well, I thought 84, I just, I just felt a bit more comfortable playing at that level um, and it was just, a, you know, wonderful to be able to, you know, to represent South Australia against Victoria in a state of origin game and, um, and then of course, uh, you know, to run out on a grand final was was fantastic and you know, all the build-up was fantastic and we played Nord who were, you know, the, you know, the, the arch rivals so it couldn't be a, a better clash um, and uh, yeah, so Nord were just a bit too good, a few points uh, too good on the day. So, I'm trying to think, you stand Duncan Fosdyke mainly that day? I'm trying to think, was Fozzie or I, Gags? Yeah, I stood for a little while, then I saw Jenkins came. Yeah, that's right, Danny came on for a while, yeah. Yeah, then I, and I, yeah, I think then Duncan... Came went uh, back to that wing, forward. yeah. No, he went in the forward line. He kicked yeah, the goal in the last quarter. We went forward, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he sort of went from yeah, he sort of went uh, from yeah the, the the 
from the ground there for a while. Then he went into the forward line um, and um, yeah, terrific bloke, Duncan. I actually worked with him and um, just a great guy, great guy. And yeah, he was uh, a very, very good player. That's for sure. Very good overhead, Fozzie. Well, he's probably taller than people. He runs, he runs very low, but when he's, you know, he uh, he's got long arms and he, you know, he probably he probably takes a mark like a six four really. So yeah. yeah, he was a he was a really good player. Now we have to ask. We have had uh, a couple of Nord guests uh, on the show, and we've asked them about the eighty four grand final. Where were you, and what were you thinking when uh, Barm and Evans were going at it in the goal square? Well. If you look at the stats, it says uh, who got the first kick of the game. Yes, yes, yeah, that's so that true. Smothered. Yep, yep, that's true. I was on the wing. I was running in by the by myself, so I could have taken the tap. I could have taken the kick. I could have then marked it again. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah, I, I was sort of hovering around that half forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was really quite full on, of course, and um, you know, a few of the few of the big boys got in it, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, some of the uh, smaller guys, a bit younger guys, we sort of just uh, we just uh, hung to the side a little bit. I think <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Then at eighteen, so you've played a state game and played in one of the great grand finals, and that. So then you just kept building. So eighty uh, six is obviously the year to discuss. Marty Leslie, previous guest on the show, is, did say we had to remind mm-hmm. Ando that he won the best and fairest in. <laughs> yes. a, in uh, 86, he said, when you get yeah, Ando Marty on, was, just remind him of that. Yeah, Marty's a great player. Oh, geez, he's a good player. And, yeah. and uh, for a number of times, you know, he would, uh, you know, support me on the ground. And, you know, he was just, it was just marvellous. You know, like, you know, he, I would say the whole five years I played with Marty, he could also have been the best team man the whole five years as well. So, you know, not was he a great player, but he was just such a great you know, person, teammate, friend to have alongside you. And bloody big shoulders too, by the way. Oh, very <laughs> good player. Mm. Of course, you were originally drafted by South Melbourne too, Ando. But, uh, yeah, that was back in uh, – actually, that, I, I got drafted, I reckon, in fourth year at school. So yeah, I which is crazy. I got drafted, which was really quite, really quite bizarre. So, um, um, yeah, so I uh, um, was, you know, it was just – one of those circumstances where I looked at the paper and all of a sudden my name's on this draft and I'm getting phone calls from the press going, so you know you got drafted and I, I really didn't expect it and didn't know much about it. My dad knew a little about it, but I don't think they were ever serious about actually drafting me. But, yeah, somehow they must have had the, a spare pick right at the end and thought, well, we might as well give it to this young lad. We probably glossed over that a little bit too too quickly, Describe the uh, experience of McGarry Medal Night in '86. Yeah, that's Ando. what I was just about to say too. Yeah, it was, it was you know, because I was favourite, and I always remember um, Mark getting interviewed by Mark Aston, and he said, "Oh," um, and he asked me about the previous winners and things like that, and I said, "You know what? The one thing is that that uh, Craig Bradley was favourite in '84, and John yes. Patton won it. Fantastic. That's great." Peter Motley was favourite in 85, and Brantley Filkey won it. And I thought, maybe third time lucky for the favourite. That's <laughs> so, fair. So, anyway, that was, that was uh, anyway, it's one of those things. You just never know. I mean, it's a team sport. You're not, you're not running down a track, jumping hurdles, and you're the, you've got full control. And, um, you know, you know you're, you're one of 
you know, 40 players in the way of from the time you you, you do pre-season together to you know play the, the you know to uh, to get out in the field. Um, but yeah, I always remember um, they said they got I think they said they got 20 or 30 more votes to go. And anyway, I was just I was trying to count them. And I think Darren Smith said something to me, and someone else said something to me, and and I think because I reckon I've only counted 10. And then Big Bob McLean put his hand over and said, "Congratulations, you're a McGarry Medal winner." And I was going to say to Bob, no, they still got 10 to go. But then Max Bashir said, congratulations to myself. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I've got it wrong, not Bob. Yeah. Wow. So that was a, it was quite a, it was, yeah, really, you know, a great honour. And, a, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was, I suppose you, you feel like you're really representing your club, you know, like really you're wearing that blazer, you know, and going up there to get the medal. And it's for the Port. You're a Port Adelaide McGarry medalist, you know, and that's yeah. that was something that I, um, yeah, I just uh, just thought was just absolutely wonderful. And yeah, you know, also just probably there the, with Wally Miller, the two Doyen administrators of South Australian football too, and to have to have the great late Bob McLean tell you that straight first up, it's probably something you think of probably more as you've gotten older that almost a privilege to have had that those words uttered to you by by Big Bob. Yeah, well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you get in, you, when you're young, you, you know, you're in your, your own little fast lane. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, when I, but when I actually you know, first told that story and there was a couple of early statesmen and I said, well, you know, Bob McLean, you know, reached over from the table and stood up and shook my hand and said, you're, you know, and it was their, it was their reaction that really got to me. And then I realised that was Bob McLean. You know, that yes. is the Bob McLean that, you know, that congratulated me. So you do, I suppose, as you get out of that fast lane and, and you think some of the great moments in, in you know, in my sports, uh, that was one of them. Yeah. To be thanked by him, who was Mr Port Adelaide. Yes. And then, um, obviously, Essendon came into the picture. How, how did that all eventuate? Yeah, um, I... Uh, I got a I got a call from um, Kevin Egan. His name was, and he yep. was a recruiting manager. And you know, at that stage, I'd played a couple of state games, and and uh, you know, I'd met Kevin Sheedy, and um, and they just sort of said, "Look, we'd love to talk to you about you know coming to Essendon." And I thought, you know, that was great. And I always remember Russell Ebert saying, "If you're going to go to interstate, Greg, I reckon Essendon's the team because it's very similar to Port Adelaide in the culture." That's interesting. And, uh, so yeah, so his great words, you know, from a Another unbelievable Port Adelaide icon, you know, probably number two or number one, and Bob's number two, whatever the case may yep, be, yep. Uh, sort of steered me towards Essendon. So, uh, and yeah, just 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 loved it there, and you know, real family, and and he was so right. It, it's you know, the cultures are very very similar. Of course, playing yeah, under playing under Kevin Sheedy, you know, we'll get to the coach, you know, Kevin Sheedy, John Carr. You've played under some absolute footy legends in that regard as well. Um, you know, Russell to start with. Uh, so yeah. In that way, but yeah, Sheedy, sort of like Mr. Footy over there, Mr. Headline almost, that experience. Well, he is, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, you know, his period, his period at the, the helm, which was, what, 20-something years, but, you know, there were periods there that he was Mr. Football. I mean, I know Ted Whitten was around and yeah. Dr. Barassi and, you know, you know, these other massive names, but when Kevin Sheedy talked, you listened, you know, and that was a football world. Um, and, yeah, you, so you... you you couldn't be any more prouder, you know, representing SM Footy Club, but also Kevin Sheedy, and and uh, you know he he was wonderful, and he, he was tough, you know, he was he was a very tough coach, you know, mentally and physically, and 
you know, um, you know, he, he, you had to have a 110% commitment for that Guernsey, and that's how you played. Uh, and if you didn't, he would show you on Monday night in front of everyone, this is what you're not going to do, not our club. Yeah, um, so he yeah. Yeah, he sorted me out a couple of times, and um, we thought I could have probably gone a bit harder or, or um, chased a bit harder, um, and uh, certainly highlighted that, uh, that that's just not what we do at this club. So, yeah, so he was, uh, and I, I really think he got the, you know, like, no question, I, you know, I, I think I've become a tougher, harder player uh, at Essendon, at Essendon um, than I thought I, you know, would have been. Uh, and you don't know until you, you know, I suppose, you know, you don't know what level you're at. You think everything's pretty good, but I thought, geez, there was a couple of times I knew that he's he's watching me, and and I've got to go uh, extra hard on this one. And uh, yeah, so he was he was fantastic. Amazing that uh, Sheedy almost uh, in the kale mould of sort of making his players uh, play above themselves and really instill that confidence in them. And if they uh, needed to be told, they were told, and there was never an issue after afterwards. Very true. I mean, John Carl was. I mean, his words are just, you know, it's it's like a song. You know, he he just gives you so much confidence. And and uh, and, and Kevin Sheedy just he is there for you. You just have this. He has his presence that, you know, he's going to back you 110. percent You know, so yeah, a couple of and you can see why both of those are just so incredibly successful at, you know, not just playing sport but also guiding young men to get the best out of their, out of their ability. And of course, you played in playing in the nineteen ninety grand, uh, AFL Grand Final, where that brawl at quarter time made the Tim Evans uh, new, uh, Craig Barn bit look like a Christmas picnic. That was full on. Uh, there were some decent was, punches thrown in that one, Endo. Yeah, that was a different legal level. Yeah, yeah that one. That was that was nasty. That that went on way too long than it yes. should have, and spread out to all different parts of trainers to uh, coaches to. Um, players on the bench to um, yeah officials. It was yeah it was a really and you know it wasn't wasn't great for football. I don't think. And, oh, it was quite bizarre because Essendon effectively lost the plot. There was no doubt whatsoever that Lee Matthews got Collingwood to settle and get on with the game more than what Essendon. Yeah, um, it was quite crazy, we could, really. Yeah, we, I think they uh, we got two fifty meter penalties like within the next five minutes of play after quarter time. So. Um, yeah, they obviously settled and, and uh, we hadn't. And, you know, before we knew it, they just kicked two goals and, and uh, we're really up against it. And uh, it was just yeah, just one of those uh, uh, games. Yeah, and, and quite often Essendon say it was very similar to 85 where, um, you know, Hawthorne probably, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, another, which you know, all in brawl uh, uh, in 85, they didn't settle and Essendon did yeah. and, and they yeah. kicked away. You know, so... Uh, when you, yeah, it was it's was pretty unsettling, you know. It's, it wasn't a melee, you know, like that was a really that yeah, was yeah, that was I was at that grand final, that was full yeah. on, yeah. So that was uh, so it wasn't something that you you know you sort of you know just push the player off and say yeah well, let's just you know we just run back to positions. It, it just kept going and kept going and kept going and uh, you know it's uh, you know something that I, I've never been sort of and I hope it's great that it's never going to be part of our game again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a, a pretty nasty incident. Yeah. Now we'll just go back a step a little bit. You made your AF, uh, VFL debut uh, against North Melbourne at Windy Hill, and we have had a, a, a quite a few of our guests who have come from the SNFL to the VFL, uh, still playing at some of the suburban grounds. Were there any grounds that you liked being at, and 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 conversely, not liked being at? Yeah, 
Um, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed playing Princess Park. I, um, you know, I think in those days it was Carlton and Hawthorne yeah. had that, that particular yep. game, uh, I wish I'd say. Um, I used to really like Whit Noble. Um, I think I think they actually made it for a wingman because maybe D- Doug Hawkins perhaps might have got the shape of the oval uh, to suit you know to suit a wingman. So that was always a really nice ground to play. And I and I love Moorabbin. I thought Moorabbin was a great game, great oval, great size, uh, but they could never get the plumbing right because there was yes. certainly never in yes. hot water. Yes. That was uh, that was coming through those shower heads. Uh, oh, they all, they always worked on a Friday night though. They always Probably worked on a right? they worked on a Friday night watering the ground though at uh, Moorabbin. Yeah, I used to see that as well. So, uh, so a couple of great grounds, and you know, and uh, you know, I, you know, I remember my first game at Windy Hill, and, you know, to play and you know in front of a packed you know packed audience uh, at Windy Hill, and I just you know was uh, was just wonderful. You hear about the history of it as you, when you get to Essendon Footy Club, and and actually. You run on that ground, it sort of uh, you know, really um, you know, brings it all together, brings the story together, and I and I think players miss that nowadays. I, I no question. I mean, you you know you've got all these ex players, champions, you know, of of the club that have you know they've made their statement on that oval. And yeah, now, I agree course, with you there. Uh, yeah, now, of course they might go to MCG or they might you know they go to. Um, um, not Doc Lands, Eddie Head, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, eight million different names. Yeah, so, yeah. So you, you, you sort of that the suburban ground. That, that's what the culture and the and the club is all about. You're fighting for your community. Community, and um, so I felt really, really pleased that I had a couple of years where I was. I was only two years before we went to the MCG, uh, but we were able to uh, you know play uh, plenty of games at Windy Hill. And then making the decision to come back to Adelaide, that would have been a you know, pretty hard decision to leave Essendon. Uh, Greg, yeah, it was really hard. But I had two children at that stage, and and uh, you know it's really hard without your your parents as well and and family. Yeah. Um, and that, and I think that was, uh, you know, probably that was. And look, I love state footy. I absolutely loved it. it was you know it was a, it was just a huge you know uh, part of my life growing up. I used to you know watch you know the. South Australia, Victoria, and those games as young kids. My dad used to take me, and I just thought, oh my God, you know, to be able to represent your state. And I just sort of felt all, you know, well, I've got my family back here. I've got my, you know, I've got two children at that stage. Um, and to sort of go back and sort of represent your club um, would be, uh, would, uh, sorry, your state week in, week out would be pretty special. Um, yeah, and it was. And of course, you know, 93, you, where you had a very good year individually, uh, all Australian. In '93, um, does that mean more than the '87 one in terms of because it's over a whole season, not just a carnival sort of thing? And that does do you think of it, look upon those two differently at all, or those two achievements differently, or, or not? Oh, yeah, or am I, I reading probably, too much into it? No, probably no. I mean, I, it's one of those. I mean, you got to perform, and that and that's the that's the key. And you you know you've you've got to uh, perform in a carnival and. Um, you know, and I suppose that was uh, how they picked it in those those days. And yeah, it was uh, I mean, a huge thrill when I you know got you know, named All Australian. I was you know disappointed in '99. I, I I think I got first emergency there, and yet I was uh, that was probably my, my best season. Um, and then uh, to, to actually then get the AFL one in '93, it was uh, um, yeah, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. No, we've got to bring back in '93. We've yep. got to bring it up. 
that bloody uh, the game. Yes, I was there. I still think the first half of that prelim final was the best footy Adelaide ever played. Um, did you get injured in that game, at, game Greg? Um, I did, yes. yeah. I got, I got, uh, got injured at the, just about halfway during the second or the third quarter. Yeah, halfway during the third quarter. Wayne Whedon cleaned me up, actually. A bit of friendly fire and, yeah, he, uh, um, yeah, he got, got uh, I sort of end up, sort of, sort of a bit of a dislocation of the hip. So I was, yeah, I was cooked. So I was, yeah, I was on crutches for about a couple of weeks after that. Uh, he's a big boy, Lee, you know, running yes. on yeah. going 100 miles an hour. So I was just hoping that we could sort of uh, hang on. But, uh, yeah, they did, I mean, you know, I, I think once the crowd got uh, behind Essendon when they started that run on, and I think we missed a couple of really easy shots. Yeah, Jars missed a sitter in the third quarter. Yes, and, um, and then we, and it was sort of, and it was they ended up doing sort of those two two lots of two goals turnarounds in that. Yeah, and that gave them a sniff, and that got you know what eighty odd thousand people were sniff and got behind their team, and and we just yeah we just sort of uh, um, yeah lost that little bit of run, and, and they got it. So you know that's football. And then Michael Long, of course, delivered again the next. He delivered those two games. Yeah. He was just incredible. Incredible against us after half time, yeah. and then his grand final was fantastic. Yeah. His grand final was unbelievable. After half time, I put him into the centre, and he, he was, you know, we just, I remember in the start of the third quarter, I was sprinting as fast as I could, and they'd already got it out. You know, they got bounces went their yeah. way. Yeah. You know, the, the umpire bounces went their way. Yes. You know, um, just everything just sort of fell into place, and you know, and and then you know we got a few little injuries and a few niggles, and we had to make some changes, and then we just, you know, they just got that run on, and and wow, when you, you know, when you got that uh, ninety thousand people supporting you, uh, and ninety thousand people supporting against you. <laughs> oh, and and a, and a couple of, and a couple of people blowing the whistle that day. I've I've only ever watched that game again once. Just 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 watched it to think. Now, I want to watch this again. Was the umpiring as bad as I thought it was live? And yes, it was. Once you move the emotion, I've just watched a couple of decisions as an umpire and just thinking, oh, that is unbelievable. And that's coming from an umpiring perspective, not yeah, that's right. You know, somebody didn't know the rules, and yeah. Yeah. So I've always had that game and, uh, yeah, in the 2012 prelim of the two, I uh, still call it very much the VFL competition. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. I believe we still call it that at times, yes. don't we? Yes. So there, from Greg, you know, then back to Port and playing in a couple of premiership sides, which must have been huge. You as a, the you know, your family, were you the Anderson one who'd gone on to play league footy where you'd, you know, you'd, and being a huge Port family, and Danny, Danny did yep. say, make sure you make that point. Um, that would have been huge then to play in a couple of Port flags. It, it was fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget going back to the club and, you know, I remember the line-up to get into Albert Noble was just ridiculous. And thinking that, oh, if that's the case, they must have only opened up the gates, you know, because there's, there's so many... There was, it's probably would have been six or seven thousand people outside the club, so I'm thinking they must have uh, not opened the club up as yet. And then to go in there and go to the club and look down in the oval and see it absolutely packed um, was was just something very very you know special. And um, and then yeah, that then singing the club song time and time and time again and having beers and having a laugh with uh, 
uh, you know, all your teammates. And you're right, it was just like, yeah, I got one. Beautiful. beautiful. I, I so, take it you uh, didn't have any trouble getting in on this occasion, <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> no bouncer. Bounce it, no, bounce bounce it let you in. I had uh, Timmy Jennifer next to me who would make sure I got in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, lucky to get uh, a couple of, couple of uh, premierships there. So it was, uh, that, that was wonderful. And then the body started just to fall away a bit, just with niggles. Yeah, it did. It, yeah, I, uh, I tore my uh, calf away from my Achilles, sort of, not the Achilles, but just at the junction there. And um, I... Yeah, I got um, yeah got so badly swollen. I had to go to hospital, and and yeah, the doctor sort of said, "Greg, you're probably not going any faster. Uh, might be time." And I just and I just knew that this was going to be a long, long way to get back. Um, and um, it was um, it was a pretty horrific injury. Um, so I, yeah, um, I just thought, yeah, I, I just can't, I can't put my body through it anymore. And, and look, it. it you know, as much as you think, oh, I'd love to play another year of league footy, oh, I wouldn't have played league footy. There's, I know I, I, I was lucky to run out of sight of, you know, sight of a dark night, you know, and my speed was important. That was a big part of my game. So, you know, you can always, you know, people, oh, you should have, you could have kept on playing, but no, I couldn't have because, one, I couldn't have run, and secondly, I, I wouldn't have made the grade. Yeah, when your body falls away, like, it, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, your, your, your pistons, your legs... Yeah, you're you're in a uphill battle there. I I know you're sort of saying that the the body was breaking down a little bit, but would you would you have loved to have been part of uh, the Port Adelaide AFL inaugural squad if everything and the timing was right and the body was good? Oh, no question. Yeah, look, I remember. Yeah, I think eighty five, eighty six. You know, first of all, they're talking about eighteen, which eventually happened sort of six years later with the Crows. And then, um, you know, hearing that, you know, it's not too far away from, you know, from Port Adelaide having a, having a team, um, it would have been wonderful. I, look, I, I literally lived six houses away from Albanova. I grew up there, six houses away. My father played for Port, played, you know, in a, in a reserve grand final. He played uh, uh, you know, lots of Rosewater. My grandfather played Colts at Port Adelaide. His brother played down at Colts at Port Adelaide. So we were real poor people. So... Yeah, to be, you know, to, you know, if I was, you know, like 22, 23 and, and uh, you know, going out to the power, that that would have been wonderful. But, yeah, it's just, uh, um, it's, you know, everything it moves in different ways. And But to say that I actually played with the Essendon Footy Club and I played under Kevin Sheedy and, and I felt that I was a better player because of him, um, it's something, I'm, you know, I, I really think is pretty, you know, pretty great to talk about as well. Fair call. Now, you end up coaching South... South Adelaide. Now, there's a bit of <clears throat> a bit of ironry in uh, this one because it came down to out of uh, Greg Anderson and John Griffin for the job, and ironically, Griff had coached at Adelaide Uni mm-hmm. and that, and, That's Gr- right. and Griff had uh, said, "Right, if I get the job," and he actually in his PowerPoint, he's a school teacher, um, it had used me in his presentation. I was actually going to have to go to work for South Adelaide if he got the job. So there's a there's a bit of ironry in that, uh, Ando. Yeah, well, we we um, yeah we worked very very closely together. Um, the one great thing about uh, John Griffin and, and obviously um, great football brain number yes. one, but his his uh, his foresight, his his ability then to organise training groups down at uh, Mount Compass. 
is you know down at Encounter Bay, yeah. you know, to really work the new south zone because obviously it was new when they went down to Nolunga, they got different zones and lost some to Westies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, you know why, you know, yes, he was you know great as assistant coach, but he was doing so much work for junior development. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he he was absolutely brilliant and, and you know a great friend, and we had a great time together. Um, probably would love the, a, a, a few more wins. Um, but, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, it was, it was hard going cause we only just moved to Nolunga and everything was sort of new and we lost some areas and some zones and, um, you know, we, and, uh, we probably would like to probably have a, a bit better win loss ratio. I've always said that Chris is the best coach that I've been closely involved with. So yeah. yeah. And that, and then, Andrew, you've been around the traps and the coaching. Like if we interviewed you on your coaching career in general, we'd be going for another, part, another couple of hours. Part, be part three, three, part so four, part five. Go yep. through all of that. You've got, you've been Gazer, Cove. That's um, a couple off the top of head. Go through all of that. And favourite experiences, at, at, you know, just on a community level. We'll, we'll probably go that angle, Andrew. Well, I mean, like everything's, everything's relevant. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, you know, my time when I went to, to, to Gazer, I, I, I loved it. We, uh, uh, we were very tough and strong club, and, and uh, um, I, I certainly enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed the Cove. I, I uh, just had some great friends there that I sort of knew through South Adelaide. Um, you know, great support, you know, incredible competition. Um, I, I still think the year we won the flag, we probably would have had, you know, 13 or 14 players that have played league footy before and I think I think uh, Morpavale did as well I think Brighton did as well I think Ronella did so the strength of the you know those probably the top eight sides were you know it was uh, was was outstanding football and uh, um, that was a, a really you know great period of coaching um, myself and and then I um, went to Jeps Cross which yeah we it was a tough club we you know we really I think they'd won a game one game the year before um, and we end up making finals my first year there um, it was yeah, it was a it was it was sort of hard work, um, but um, but yeah, I just I, I think I I really enjoyed my time at Southern Nations. I thought it was fantastic, and um, I was sort of yeah, um, you know it's probably uh, you know different sort of culture there again than what I was sort of had coached before, and and really warm to it. And just some you know tremendous people that I I still spend a lot of time with uh, today. Um, and uh, that was, uh, you know, it's a great period of my life. You know, coaching was fantastic. I mean, you, you know, it's, uh, you, you walk down, you know, the, in the city and you look at, uh, you know, like 14, 15 years of coaching by, you know, 20, 30 players. Um, there's a lot of players that I coach. Yes. Yeah, it's know, a lot of people you run in around the tracks. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and you don't, you don't think of that until you, you, you finish coaching you you walk down the port and someone goes, G'day, Greg, how you going? I said, okay, mate. And he goes, oh, man, I remember I used to coach me at Jeff's Cross. Oh, that's right. That's uh, Mark. That's the one, you know. So yeah. that happens a lot, you know. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so it's, um, um, yeah, so it was just a wonderful time and I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, But you still, you know, it's still hard not to say that my, you know, my most favourite moment in, in uh, coaching was when, you know, was the first time that uh, Hallett Cove uh, won the, uh, the A1 flag. That was that was really special. And of course, married to uh, Helen and being part yep. of the uh, Hanson clan is uh, more than entertaining, I, I will say. Danny's one of her best mates, uh, your brother-in-law, yeah. and, yeah, it's always 
always great fun to spend time with the Hansons, and you uh, you, you always yeah. walk away pissing yourself laughing. It's never too it's intense, like, uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's one of those uh, pre-season nights. That's how I put it down to. When you're going there, you've got to be prepared. You've got to. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, that's that's a fair and, call uh, for the Hansons. Yes, you've just done ten four hundreds and ten three hundreds, and. Uh, you know, and uh, you just got a you know uh, shirt front by uh, Rossi Ages, and then cleaned up later by Martin Leslie. So <laughs> it's no, a bit fly on the wall. Cool, those guys, uh, um, yeah, family and, and brothers-in-laws and sisters-in-laws and all that sort of stuff. Oh, so it's very lucky. Very much it's irrelevant that who you were in footy. Don't worry, you will get the Mickey taken out of you within point oh oh one of a second in terms of a at a Hanson <laughs> at a Hanson event. Oh, so. Very true. Yes. And work-wise nowadays, mate? Uh, work-wise nowadays, we've got uh, a flooring business. So it's uh, called Floor and Trade Depot. And, and uh, yeah, we're a supplier uh, to um, flooring contractors and, and, and uh, uh, not only just accessories, but also uh, um, whether we carpet tiles um, that we put in front of architects and designers and builders or carpet or, or floating floors and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're very, very busy, which is great. There are lots of schools and hospitals and supply lots to aged care. So, yeah, so far so good, which is nice. And we always like to ask uh, our guests uh, about some of their, obviously, favourite experiences, but maybe three or four of the toughest players or Best players you played against uh, that you, you you just loved playing against them, but hated them for obviously playing so well and played with and played with. Yeah, probably the uh, yeah. When you, I mean, you, I mean, I always think uh, just an incredible footballer, and I had some really good battles with him, and and uh, uh, was Darren Mullane, and you know, and, and yeah. he, he was a close friend, but but uh, you know, we never sh- we, we sh- shook hands at before a. a, a you know, battle and away we went and, you know, I, I really, I found it very tough to stand him. He was a very tough player, mm. but also it was a great challenge as well. You know, same with Gipper and Doug Hawkins. Uh, Stephen Stretch was a was a sensational wingman uh, when I used to play against him at Melbourne and West Torrens. Quick stretch. Uh, Grantly Filky, of course. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, there was there so much. You know, Mark Bays, you know, Murphy from the yep. Sydney Swans. It was a lot of great women around uh, in, in my era, you know. So, you know, you got the Catwood brothers as well. And, you know, for main, wear, like, main wearing and uh, Matera at West Coast, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Craig Turley as well. He used to sneak on the wing. So, uh, there was, yeah, lots of, there was Nathan Burke, of course, was a wingman. So, there was a, it seemed to be, uh, a, you know, a, a, a real battle every, uh, every, every, Every Saturday, or you know, uh, game uh, because there was there was so much talent uh, on, on on both wings that you you're running out uh, out on the ground to. Now, some of the players are, are really, I really uh, you know enjoyed playing with. Like, you know, obviously Craig Bradley was just incredible um, player. Just um, you know, Tim Watson was incredible. Uh, Terry Danaher was fantastic. Martin Leslie, I've spoken you know said about Martin. Um, so yeah, I've been really lucky there. I mean, I've. You know, so many, so many great, uh, great players and great personalities, and and uh, now our great friends. And one thing we've still got to mention for the end, because we would have been shot if we hadn't the mullet. You're famous for your mullet, Ando. It virtually, virtually hasn't changed. Uh, the rest of us it's are quite jealous sad, that you've still got your bloody hair as much as that too, Ando. You prick. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, it's just hanging in there. It's just hanging in there. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible. I've, I know Helen got some photos out. Uh, I don't even know where she got them from, actually. And I think it was a photo of me in grade four or five. And 
you know, my head was exactly the same as it is now. And I was going, oh, this is sad, you know. But anyway, it's, uh, I think my mum, I think she wanted another daughter because I know I used to wear it in a ponytail in grade, like, one and two at school. <laughs> uh, so I've, just, I've always had it, I've always had it long, except for my 30th birthday when uh, Silly Andrew Jarman and Dave Pittman and Peter Caven and Rod Jamison and my two brothers, uh, yeah, gave me, uh, yeah, cut me hair off. So that was... Um, <laughs> That was a that was sort of the only time we've ever had it short. You did mention, uh, or Malcolm did mention about family and all the shenanigans that go on. A couple of Port players that always used to to be practical jokers, and then maybe the Essendon and the Crows players. Is there people you needed to steer clear of from that point of view? Yeah, I think with Port, you know, no question, Bomber Clifford. I, yes. I think uh, some of his antics, uh, actually, being a young lad, it sort of scared me a little bit because. <laughs> I was just really worried that he, if he picks on me, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> so he was he was a really strong character, just so funny and, and you know, wanted to make people laugh. Um, and uh, lucky enough, he didn't pick on me too too many times. Uh, George Fiacci, of course, you know, Timmy Genova, you know, um, uh, really, really great personalities of, 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 the, of the club and, and then Alan Nizard from Essendon was 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 great, and uh, Billy Duckworth was a he was a he was a character. Paul Salmon was uh, he was always looking after looking for a, a laugh as well. So, uh, and then the Crows you got you know Rod Jamison, uh, Kimmy Costa. Uh, he probably got picked on more than he gave out, but anyway, that's Kimmy. <laughs> uh, Peter Caven, a great character. Um, Andrew Jarman, of course. Uh, uh, what a you know what a what a wonderful human being that guy is, um, and. Uh, just a, a wonderful friend, and he was he was a he was a great guy, and probably probably the one of, I think was a bit heroic for me was Paul Salmon. We I got him asked to do um, um, oh, is, is it the prime, start of the century? Okay. And what happened? I was uh, when the when the, the old you know when they come to the uh, you can go you can do shopping. Remember you could do shopping. Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, it was weight it was weights equipment. So, you know, you give up five or ten points to, to get the, the, the weights, equipment, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, they asked me to do it. So I went out and, you know, in the start of the century and Tony Barber said, well, here's a gift shop. And there I was, you know, doing the lap pull down on this this uh, weights machine. And they asked me a few questions about the finals and stuff like that. And that, that was all good. And I got a couple hundred bucks for it. Beautiful. But then, well, after that, the team was brutal on me. Yeah, I can imagine. That was brutal. I, I really just wanted to find a corner and say, oh, my God, these guys are ruthless. And Paul Salmon, I always remember him saying, oh, geez, it's going to be terrible when they, the guys find out uh, I've been on Neighbours. And, <laughs> and they just hit, they hit Paul. They were just going for him. And, and I always remember him, that boy, you know, be my best man. So I thought, mate, thank you so much. And, you know, you knew I was drowning. And uh, yeah, he, do, he reflected it beautifully. And uh, but he never did go on neighbours. He just threw he threw that out just to take the pressure off me. So that's gold. Yeah, funny clubs, uh, you know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Yes, they can be ruthless. Doesn't matter what level. Yep. Yes. Oh, so everything's relevant, as I said. Yes. Yes. Hey, and I greatly appreciate your time. Um, fantastic, have you on the show? And uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you at a Hanson family show where Lovely, where both of us will be pissing ourselves laughing. Beautiful, Thanks, Ando. Mate. Thank you, buddy. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Th- guys. Thank you, mate. And uh, we've enjoyed uh, obviously that story and that last story you gave us uh, 
I think might be our little promo for yes. next next week, I reckon. So thanks for <laughs> oh, that, that's mate. That's good. Thank you. No worries. All right. Thank you. See you. Bye.